Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Phil Hughes. And I'm Jen Doherty. We're the creators of The Workshop Presents. And you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We have some more Orion for you. So he essentially, you know, kills Stabby, takes a remote control, a dagger, and and some stuff from him. He finds this weird little doorway and uh, decides not to go through it without at least trying to save the princess first. And, uh, you know, he uh, basically kills himself. That way he'll get to his next life. And uh, here we are at uh, Life. 2.15443. I dropped out of the tree into the ground in front of the princess's caravan. I didn't realize it, but the equipment I had looted from Stabby's body had traveled with me into this life. I was holding both the remote control and dagger when I was up in the tree. I dropped them during the fall, and they ended up on the ground next to me. Grimwalt was quick to jump from his horse and snatch both items. Give those back, I yelled and grabbed for them. The guards restrained me. He stared at the remote and poked it with the dagger. He shook it and was about to press the panic button in his exploration of the strange object when I blurted out, I wouldn't do that if I were you. If you press any of those buttons, it will unleash powerful magic. I knew it. A foul plot to kill you, my lady, he proclaimed and proudly showed the princess the items. I never said that. The magic is a plague that will make the bearer's hand rot off and ice falls out. Uh-huh, that kind of magic. Why does it say panic, then? Why not plague? Grimwalt frowned and shoved the remote into his tunic. You can read? Even Grimwalt could surprise me. Shut up, boy! The captain raised his hand to smack me, and the princess called out. Wait, she demanded, and the captain lowered his hand. Bring the child here. The captain shoved me towards the carriage and held his hand on a sword. The other gripped Stabby's dagger. I'm not trying to kill you, but merely collecting uh, sap for medicinal elixirs when the tree branch that uh, supported me broke, I said. Does not sap come from the base of a tree as well? Aren't you perhaps trying to steal a glance at the prize in the tournament tomorrow? The princess said. Uh, the best sap comes from the top of the tree. Every apothecary knows that. 
The captain slapped me and said, Enough of your lies, boy. I, I tell you no lies. I will take my dagger and I'll just be heading and miss the chance to fight in the tournament tomorrow, the princess said. My father has awarded a kiss from my lips to the bravest subject in the entire land. Do you plan to enter the tournament tomorrow? Looks like I have no choice, I said. The guards roared with laughter. The captain added, <laughs> Welp would kiss a headstone before he got near your lips, milady. The princess chided him. Come now, Grimwalt, isn't the founding principle of our king that all people are equal under God? And shouldn't this young man enter the tournament so he can in turn have an equal chance at winning my affection as any other? This boy has no better chance at winning than fighting a dragon that shits golden eggs, Grimwalt said, determined to keep me in my place, except this time I said the punchline at the same time as him. Grimwalt looked around and said, Sorcery! He pulled his sword. Grimwalt, I would tell my father how you abused his subjects, the princess said, and Grimwalt sheathed his blade. She then said to me, You've added more interesting conversation in these few moments than Grimwalt could provide in a fortnight. I trust I'll see you at the tournament tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Can I have the dagger back now? I said. Good, princess said. Let it be known that under the eyes of the king, everyone is equal, be them coated in the dust of a farm or lathered in riches. Everyone is to be treated with the same dignity. Best you remember that, Grimwalt, for this boy may very well be your king one day. Yes, milady, Grimwalt said, and then gave me the stink eye. Princess ordered the entourage forward, and they all marched. A cloud of dust enveloped me. Grimwalt malted his horse and lingered until the caravan rounded the corner. The sand was about clear when Grimwalt held his sword to my neck. You sullied the good princess's name, he spat. I will kill you before I sidestepped the sword and lunged for the dagger. He yanked it away and said, You want this, do you? Then be at the tournament tomorrow. Grimwalt spurred his horse into a gallop and kicked up more dust. Crap. I went straight to my father's house for the requisite beating and attic imprisonment. I was taken off guard by a fist connecting with my face. It wasn't my father's fist. He used belts and backhands. By the time I recovered from the punch, I was on the wrong end of a sword. The owner of the blade was stabby. Lost your dagger? I smirked. He hit me with the flat end of the blade and knocked me to the ground. Where is it, bruh? He yelled. You didn't say please. He kicked me and I grabbed his leg. We crashed to the ground and the sword bounced away. He crawled towards it, but I pulled him back. He headbutted me and I let go. He grabbed the blade and I maneuvered my hand onto it too. We wrestled for control of the sword, but I had been hardened by countless deaths and equally innumerable number of battles. I bested Stabby and had him on the ground with a sword at his back. It was time to get some answers. Why is the dagger so important? I said. It's the only thing that can kill you, Stabby said. But why? Why are you always killing me? Tell me, how long do you expect to live after a lance pierces your heart? A tree branch impales your chest or an arrow slices your throat? The arrow missed my artery. Did it? Stabby said. Are you a battlefield medic? Were you able to examine yourself? I thought about all the times I had died. Each time I had some horrific event happen to me, but somehow I cling to life long enough for Stabby to wander and stab me in the eye socket. Burning barracks had fallen on me, and I had managed to stick it out for Stabby, although I always thought it was luck. However, I was beginning to wonder if that was true. 
When I take an arrow to the neck, I couldn't move any of my limbs. There's a chance the arrow severed my spinal column, but how could it miss an artery and not the spinal column? That was too lucky of a shot. Yet every time something hit me in the neck, it would always do the same damage. I let up the pressure I was keeping on him, and he scrambled away, rubbing his back. Now you're getting it, he said. Imagine what it'd be like to have a lance stuck in your heart and never being able to die or having burns all over your body waiting for all eternity. No one to end your misery. I could have done without the torture, I grumbled. My hand is always swift and my aim is always true. You're forgetting about the torture chamber at the end of this life. If I don't end up in a body cart and Grimwald throws me in the dungeon, I seem to recall getting tortured to death. That wasn't me. It wasn't you. You took off your hood and it was you underneath. Unless you're trying to say that you have some twin brother who... Oh, I see how you're confused. I have a special talent. Uh, but trust me when I said that I'm merciful. If you're into mercy, then you can stop torturing me. I can no more prevent your torture than convince a lion to stop hunting prey. Tell me, when I torture you to death, do I take off my hood before or after the torture? After, I said, but I couldn't think of how that was relevant. I looked back at all my lives. There was a James Bond life where I always ended up blindfolded, tied to a chair, and beaten to death by Russian spies. Each time in the middle, it would stop, and one of the spies would order the others away. My blindfold would come out, and it would be stabby. While I'd never seen his face in any of the lives where I was tortured to death, he would be there by the end of it. Stabby continued. Much like the sharks can smell blood in the water miles away, I can smell your death. So why are you here now? Uh, special circumstances. Now where's the dagger? I saw another weapon coming from his sleeve. It lulled me into a sense of complacency. I reacted to the threat by throwing the blade I had liberated. It sliced through Sabby's face. I didn't want to kill him, but he left me no choice. Now that I knew he could lead me in a state of undeath while he had all the time in the world to retrieve the dagger, I wasn't going to take the risk. I stood up to look for a blanket. I could use it to dispose of the body. There was no reason to receive an extra beating from my father tonight. However, when I turned back towards Stabby's body, it wasn't Stabby at all, but my father. The sword had sliced his head in half, and he was the one with the weapon hidden up his sleeve. For the first night... Since this all started, I didn't get a beating from my father. The next morning, I woke up to the crystal clear lake next to the oak tree in the woods. It was the most peaceful sleep I could remember in a while. I'd buried my father in the fields outside our house. He'd love those fields. After a prayer, a moment of silence, I had decided to spend the rest of my night by the lake. While I didn't like the father of this life, I didn't wish death upon him. But if Stabby were going to possess a body of someone and come after me, he could have picked worse targets. I would have to be more careful in the future if I killed Stabby. If he had taken control of Princess, I didn't know what I would have done. I had elected to stay the night to continue life as usual, though I wanted to go to the castle. Without my father dragging me away, I could have done it. However, I could be damaged and never die. It was better to follow the path that intersected with Grimwald. I was pretty sure I could win the dagger back with a wager, considering I knew the outcome of over 100 battles. The real question was, was how to get Princess to come with me through the door. 
I would have to improvise. Even though my life seemed effortless, it was cultivated through trial and error, through life after life. With unlimited do-overs, I got used to trying out any idea, no matter how outlandish the prospect. Now, I didn't have that luxury. This would be my last life, too. Even so, I hope that this wouldn't be the end of my father. Part of me always hoped that he'd one day put his life back together, maybe stop beating his kids. Either way, I knew I wouldn't be back here. Not if I had any choice in the matter. I took one last breath towards the lake, and then I turned towards the castle. <laughs> All right. That was some more Orion for you. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good night. Everything